Good morning and welcome to another episode of Morning Fog with Dr. Mark and Liz. Good morning, Liz. Good morning, Mark. How are you today? I am absolutely extraordinary. It's a wonderful day and uh, uh, once again, I'm able to be outside, so I love it. So, How about awesome. you? Same here. Same here. I was outside this morning with the dogs. They were running around in the yard having a blast because, well, first of all, I was enjoying it because finally my Gra the grass is dry, so there weren't there wasn't mud everywhere. It's been a very muddy winter, but um, no, beautiful day, seventy plus degrees, feeling good, and uh, excited to do this podcast. That is fantastic. Well, today's podcast we're going to do part two of resolving conflict, and in part one we talked a bit about what actually causes conflict, um, how it can show up, what's the root cause of it. And also, what are the problems that occur in our life, in our world, when we allow conflict to escalate uh, unabated? And uh, today, we're going to shift gears a little bit and start to think about some ways that we can bring to you to reduce conflict, to resolve conflict. And in fact, if we do these well, we can find a way forward to deepening, nurturing, strengthening our relationships, whether they be our intimate relationships at home, our friends, or just those people at work, uh, those people who happen to be in, uh, in your circle, uh, uh, in your community. So, so the number one thing we're going to start with is, and we say this, it's managing expectations. So if you set clear expectations, and, and the thing is, is that most people don't do that, and therefore conflict comes around. Uh, we were just actually working with... Um, a team the other day where one person on the team thought one thing and the other person thought the other thing and, and of the other person, so there was this expectation that they each had on the other person that they, that they didn't know. You need to be very, very clear whether you're working with your family member, your partner, or your teammate, or your entire team to set those clear expectations because that helps you avoid misunderstandings and conflicts. And we all have expectations. The fact is, is that we usually don't share them with others, so there's no clarity. But in addition to not sharing, the, the fact is, is that we put expectations on others that we would never want on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that becomes very challenging. So um, make sure that the expectations you have of others are reasonable, they're rational, um, and that you share them. And that you pass through at least one filter, which is, if this expectation were of me, would I want to have to perform to that level of expectation? Is it too high? Is it too low? Is it too narrow? Whatever it happens to be. Is it realistic? Yeah, exactly. The next one is the importance of communication. Hmm. Uh, what is what is effective communication? Well, first of all, active listening. We have to learn to actively listen to the other person. We're not always going to agree with the other person. You're two different individuals. Uh, but just trying to understand where they're coming from, active listening isn't just listening. It's being curious. It's asking questions so you can understand more, so you can remove those uh, assumptions or interpretations, so you can have a true understanding of the other side. You know, there's a there's a wonderful skit from an old um, uh, sitcom, uh, Bob Newhart, and um, it involves him in his office as a psychologist. And he just keeps uh, saying to this woman, just stop it. Stop it. Well, what am I thinking about? I'm thinking about 
that most of us, when we are listening to somebody, are listening to retort. We're listening to to argue our point. We're not wanting to hear them. We're waiting for our chance to argue what we think. Mm -hmm. And just stop it. Stop, listen, think about what the person's saying and why it's coming through them. What's their history? What's their background? You know, we don't need to always have the same thought. But if we understand why, frequently you will be in a position of being able to say, wow, we're a lot closer on this than we thought because one is saying something in what appears to be a polar opposite direction when really they're seeing the same diamond, the same vista, just from a different viewpoint. And they're expressing their thought in that way. So active listening is that it's active, it's energetic, and it is fully focused and it is not waiting to reply or retort. And it is non-judgmental. That's important to know too. Yes. As humans, we tend to be judgmental. It's just part of our wiring. And when you're actively listening to try and understand somebody else's perspective, you're removing judgment. And I know we've said this before too, but what is judgment? It's the opposite of compassion. So if you're really trying to resolve a conflict with somebody, you need to have compassion. Exactly. And, and, you know, those of us who have a little bit of ADHD, it's also making sure you do your best not to interrupt. Mm. You want to make sure that person has the full ability to express their thought and you think about it. And we, we talked about the importance of communication. Active listening is, is certainly a very important part, but the, the other is authentic expression. It's, it's saying what you mean and meaning what you say. It's, it's not cryptic. It's being vulnerable and sharing your thoughts, being willing to step out there a little bit and to share why those thoughts are important to you. Um, If we start to, again, understand what's deeper, then we can start to come to a place of, of understanding. And the only way to do that is while someone else is actively listening, is to be authentic, genuine in what you're saying and to be vulnerable in saying what you truly believe. And coming right off of that, that goes with using I statements instead of you statements, because I statements, Mark and I can't express this enough that your feelings are your feelings. Your beliefs are your beliefs. So own them, own them instead of trying to push them on somebody else. So I statements, I feel, I believe not, I not, not you believe, or you're saying this, or you're saying that that's where conflict comes up. That's an assumption without it being, you know, without being clear. It's what your feeling needs to come across. And when you say you, you know, what's happening here is you're expressing their feelings. You're expressing their needs. You don't know their feelings. You don't know their true needs. You know, yours. So express things as I, and encourage the other person to express it as I, as well. You're turning inward and expressing what you believe. You're allowing them to turn inward, but to express what they believe rather than putting that, that blame up. And typically when you uh, are, are, you know, using the, uh, the you word, what's coming out, you're either waving your finger or you're poking the finger and nobody likes that. So let's avoid blaming. Let's avoid being accusatory and let's try to understand. And again, we may not agree but we can at least try to understand each other. And that goes to the next one, which is to see common ground, to try and focus on shared interests and shared goals rather than what you don't agree on. Again, we're human and we're individual. 
So we're going to have differences of opinion, but there's always somewhere where you can come together, some kind of common ground where you can agree. And maybe if it's even, maybe the common ground is to agree to disagree and that's okay. That, that is, that is okay. And unfortunately that's, that's not become part of the, uh, the way that uh, society works and that's to our detriment. We really need to be able to agree to disagree and to seek understanding. Um, uh, it, it doesn't matter which side of any discussion you're on. The fact is that there are 360 degrees and there are polar opposites no matter where you stand and looking for understanding means that we can find some central point potentially. Um, and most times um, the, the best answer lies somewhere between two polar opposites. It's not all one or all the other. And that seeking common ground becomes really important. Uh, this is this is that six and the nine, right? This is mm-hmm. uh, if you have a six painted on the uh, on the, the concrete and you're standing at the bottom, it looks like a six. Someone comes up and stands right in front of you. They're looking down at the ground. They see a nine. You're both seeing the same thing. It just happens to be that you have different points of view. So imagine if what you could do is you could bring yourself up elevate yourself and look from the top, from the bottom, and also from the left or the right. And now you would have a viewing point and you would understand all the different complexities of that individual's point of view. And by being able to uh, respect differences, that's something that goes awry when we're having conflict. Uh, when when you don't know how to, I guess I'm going to say fight fair, um, you tend to fight to be right. And therefore you're not really respecting the differences. Um, we all have differences of opinions. It's it's to be able to be open to respecting somebody else's opinion. And again, you could get to a point where you agree to disagree, but at least respect it. That's where they stand. That's the lens they have on. And if you're coming in it with an open mind, maybe you'll get them to shift. Uh, you know, a lot of times people shift when they see, oh, I never thought of it that way. Okay, now I see where you're coming from. Um, here's where I'm coming from. Oh, maybe, you know, I never thought about it that way. Just to be a little bit more open-minded that, you know, it's nice to be respected and to give respect. Yes. And and we can disagree respectfully, um, agreeing to disagree, but with that open mind, who knows, maybe each party may actually do something absolutely terrible and that's to learn something new. Uh, You know, lastly for, for the moment is, when you have an open mind, you can stop focusing on just the problem that you're facing. You can stop being so hyper-focused on the problem and you can start to look for solutions. And when you start to focus on solutions, uh, rather than dwelling on the conflict, dwelling on the problem, we can start to open creativity. Uh, we can identify new solutions. We can see doors that were simply brick walls before. I love this because uh, this summer I was sitting on the beach talking to my friend and we were talking about conflict resolution and she went to business school. In fact, she graduated number one in her class. And she was saying how one of the things she learned about conflict resolution was you have a conflict and it's sitting on a plate and you're trying all different things and it's not working. So what do you do? You expand the plate. And that's basically exactly what you're saying right now. It's okay, if, if in this little if on this little circular plate, we're not getting anywhere, well, then what do we need to do? We need to, we need a bigger plate and that's it. You need to start getting creative about how to resolve the conflict. 
And I thought that was like a brilliant visual of, okay, you're stuck on one plate. Well, we just need a bigger plate. If the plate's bigger, maybe we'll have other ways, other space to resolve that conflict. So um, exactly. exactly, that's something to think about. We gave you a bunch of, of, of tips to start working on. We hope that anybody who's in conflict with somebody today can start using, applying some of these tools. Uh, part three is going to be us bringing you even more. Uh, so we hope you enjoyed today. We hope this is going to benefit you. We believe it will. And uh, we look forward to sharing part three with you. In the meantime, have a absolutely wonderful, wonderful day. Bye, Mark. Bye now.